That was the raconteur, Steady She Goes, you're listening to Russell Brand on Radio 2. Thank you very much for listening, I'm here with Matt Morgan, he's in charge of the buttons and switches. You alright there, Matthew? I'm very well. It's gonna be a good show today, I've got a very good feeling about it. Have you got a good feeling about it, Matthew? I've got one of the best feelings I've ever had about anything. Can we trust these feelings, these intuitions we feel within our guts, our baser animal instincts that have guided us from the caves to this, you sat in front of a desk, me stood up near a mic. Can we trust those instincts? You haven't come so far from the caves, have you? Oh, it's, for me it's been a bit of a meander. I can still see the cave door. Me with all my buttons. Look at you there, me, I'm still sort of looking at a cave painting thinking, oh, I don't know how we're gonna catch that antelope, he looks like a Cunning fellow. Trevor Locke is here as well. Trevor Locke's in charge of emails, telephone calls, and other technological things, which he probably finds baffling. You alright, Trevor? Aye, aye, Captain. I'm alright, sir, yes. So you're going to use nautical terms, are you, to address me on this show? Studio's a ship. Do you? Mm. Do you? That's how you regard it. Well, yeah, that's that is... a cabin boy. <laughs> you're, you're a cabin boy. I think so. Matt's first mate, I'm the captain. I think so. Yeah, well, yes, or he could be the cook, couldn't he? Isn't first mate? Bad. No, that's good. Why would that be bad? First mate. Both <laughs> those words are lovely words. First way, mate. Suspicious. Nice words. Nice bits <laughs> of language. We're talking about personal conspiracy theories. Matthew, you already have a personal conspiracy theory about the term first mate and other <laughs> nautical banter, other maritime terms you see to be intrinsically linked to negativity, which they ain't. Like, when we're talking about personal conspiracies, right, that like we want to hear about your personal conspiracies, we don't mean, like, great big conspiracies like, oh my god, what happened to JFK? Blimey, I'm suspicious about the government. There are aliens. We mean more things like, you know, just things in your private life, personal life, like, he's stealing my milk. And me, for example, this is like, I've long believed that, right, say you're trying to send a text message and that, and you're telling, you send a text message, right, I will send a text message to that young lady or to that gentleman, and uh, your phone goes, message sending failed, message sending failed, it flashed out on the screen. I think that my telephone is taking a cognitive role, has made a decision, thinking it's, it's and it, it's editorialising, Matthew, yes, my life, thinking, don't send that, Nelson Russell, no good will come from that. And as a result, my phone has be become known as Cooper, my sort of phone butler. Yes, Cooper, it would be a mistake to send that message. So I sort of think my phone's got a personality and it's editorialising my text messages. That's the sort of thing that I'm thinking. Uh, have you got, a, Trevor, you've got an email of uh, some personal conspiracies that we've seen and some things off the blog. What are those? Well, I've got an agreement with you. Somebody saying, don't worry that you think think you're strange about having a little friend called Cooper because uh, it's, it's, this is from Karen. She says, uh, I also have a private advisor, Russell, uh, my iPod Johnston. He answers my questions. Uh, uh, MP3 machines are available. Exactly, yes. She says, whenever I press the shuffle button, uh, he finds me a perfect song that has the lyrics that answer all life's queries. Really? So she thinks she is in league with this technological machine. So maybe some people out there think that the microwaves, you know, trying to help them through life, or that the washing machine it couldn't do erotic dancing. Matthew, have you got any conspiracy theories? Personal ones, yes. Yeah. Go on then. I think <clears throat> that on my medical records it says I'm a hypochondriac. You think that the doctor's got something against you? Yeah. That is taking hypochondria to a ridiculous new degree. You're now having a hypochondriac reaction to whether or not you're a hypochondriac. Yeah, be, why aren't we, are we allowed to see our medical records? I yes. don't know, I don't think they'd like you I seeing them. I think you have them. to ask, I think you have to like apply to look at them. And I bet they'd resent it. I had a quick peek at mine once and it just said, oh dear, oh dear, <laughs> oh dear, oh dear, <laughs> you poor, poor they man. It must be unreadable largely because of... Doctor's yeah. handwriting. Doctor's handwriting. But, yeah, so once I went to the doctor and do you remember when I had that, um, really bad pain in my hip? He had a pain in his hip. He had a hip problem. 
which refer the pain referred to my, one of my testicles. Yeah, I like oh, that. There's please. a. I don't know. I don't. This pain in the hip is ludicrous. I refer you to my genitalia. <laughs> <laughs> that is the actual medical term for when pain. You know. I know uh, it's the medical term, Matthew. Don't go on on your. My mum, who's a nurse, your little Johnny Briggs no, mantra. Like if I've got anything wrong with me, I look on Google. I internet it for about an hour. Yeah, I know. That's, that's the yeah. worst. Obviously, you're not supposed I'm to do that. I'm almost a doctor now. You <laughs> all right then? Okay, let me tell you this. I've got this little. I've got this rash here. Yep. On my chest, what shall I do about it? On your sternum, there. <laughs> there on my sternum. Oh, that's a word, isn't it, Trevor? Just he above your it. solar plexus, there. Yes. Just. A, what do you think it is? Um, it looks like lipstick. <laughs> <laughs> that's the correct answer. Thank I you. was trying to make myself a dartboard. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, no, uh, so you've got then, a degree of medical knowledge. Well done. Well, I had this pain, and mm. I went to the doctors, and it turned out rather embarrassingly, it was because my jeans were too tight. Uh, right. Do you okay, remember that when yeah. I wore those tight jeans? Yes. But um, the, we do wear tight jeans. This is one of our clan's you, trademarks. You have to sort of get the ones that are a bit stretchy with a bit of lycra in. I'm you sorry. don't have to do that. You do. Because uh, you can't do them up and they hurt. And so I was forcing myself into these jeans, wore them. I bought them in New York at Christmas. And then the doctor said, Look at your trousers, they're far too tight. This is, and like, <laughs> worked out in about a second that it was because of my trousers. Right. And she goes, when, Since when have you been wearing those? And I said, uh, Christmas. And then, for some reason, I got really scared that she'd think they were a Christmas present. <laughs> <laughs> and that you'd been wearing them every day yeah. for, since Christmas, so like a um, child. Christmas. They weren't a Christmas present. <laughs> well, that doesn't matter. I can't wear them anymore. <laughs> That's Get ridiculous, Harry. <laughs> they weren't a Christmas present. They've got no sentimental value. I remember one Christmas, I got um, these big, white, ridiculous um, trainers. They were this fad for pump-up trainers, right? And I no, got I a pair of them. They were preposterous. They're 130 quid, which Why was an enormous amount of money in idea. those days. I don't know, but I really went for it. I had these great bits, and I got them for Christmas Day. I was really proud of them. And I, I fancied the girl in the next street, and I got on my Christmas boot. So bigger than my head, and went round like to Nikki's house, and there was like, and she was the year above me at school, and I really fancied her. And there was another lad there, right? And there's this bit where I was going, "All right, Nikki, how's it going?" And uh, and this bloke looked over me, who called like he's called like Steve. I think he was really cool and slick, and he looked over at me and went. What'd you get for Christmas then, mate? <laughs> <laughs> big gleaming igloo boots on. <laughs> well, you had like a basketball and you pressed it and they blew up. Yeah, like yeah. That. It kind of had absolutely no chiropodic value, I don't imagine, for a moment. No. Stupid things to do. This is going to be an incredible show. Later on on the show, we've got Courtney Love coming on. She's going to be here for a bit of chat, a bit of banter. It'll be lovely to have her. She's an intriguing and interesting woman. Lovely she is, so that's exciting. We'll have a chat on the blow with Noel Gallagher. We'll have a chat with John Ronson. We'll have contributions from people all over the globe, I imagine, so stay listening to Radio 2. You're listening to BBC Radio 2, that was the New York Dolls seven day weekend, this is the Russell Brand Show. Oh, them New York Dolls, Matthew, do you admire them? I do like them. I like them, I like their haircuts, I like their way and their manner, I like, I like them, they're punky, and I like it that Morrissey really likes them. Yeah, didn't he, wasn't he head of their fan club? Yeah, he's the head of their fan that club. That's I'm reading that. Well, wasn't he uh, the head of their fan club? That was Matt being organic and just honest, doing just a little bit of honest radio there. Yeah, it's nice to think of Morrissey having an administrative position. He wrote loads of letters to the enemy, didn't he, early on? Yeah, he, he did. He be covering the New York Dolls more. Now, look here! I mean, it was a right little fuss pot, yeah. wasn't he? Poor little fella. And um, Morrissey may very well be on this show, even next week or the week after. That'd be exciting to have a bit brilliant. of a chat with Morrissey, won't it? I'm nervous. I've, you know, you know that whole don't meet your heroes thing, of course. That'd be alright for Trevor, because all these heroes, a bit like Douglas Barder and people <laughs> from the old days. That's why I'm a bit nervous about Courtney Love, because right. Kurt Cobain was such a hero of mine. Yeah. It's but a bit weird, like, because when I was a kid, she was a big, you know, like, so aware. And now she's actually going to be in your in, life. In the room with me. I mean, yeah. I've met her once briefly.
briefly. Yeah, she came to our MTV show, didn't yeah. she, once. She gave me a nice gift. She gave me this, uh, silk tie with seven different ties on it. She'd got it for herself, and then when I met her, she gave it to me. Incredibly generous. She's a woman that you have a lot of preconceptions seven and prejudice. It was like seven different ties off of one central spine, all silk and black ties. Well, you wear it once. Uh, one <laughs> you can wear it as many times as you want. It's not one day a week sort of thing. Not by the way, you rotate your pants. No, I mean you've seven There's ties. There's my Monday pants. There's the guys I wear Tuesday. Yeah, there's just there's seven ties from a central spine. It's like a, a beautiful bow. Now I think it's interesting to meet someone with Courtney, someone you have a, a lot of preconceptions about. You, know, you bring a lot of prejudice to someone like her, don't you? But she's actually what defined me for her. She was a focused, lovely, bright woman. I wonder how she'll be in here. She won't be able to smoke. That's going to be. We're going to have to be careful around the smoking. None of us got smoke. It's a no smoking building. We'll have to be careful Cover around her. Patches. Cover her in patches. Just as soon as she gets in, wad her right up with <laughs> with Nico gums. And what about nicotine when we was kids? Oh, that guy. Do you remember nicotine? He was Superman's arch enemy. I liked him. He wasn't. He well, not. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's Lex Luthor. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, he didn't crop up as much as Lex Luthor. You lapsed that campaign right up, didn't you? <laughs> I really did. Hmm, but I much from like what it was. It was an anti-smoking campaign. They created this nicotine guy. I don't know why it really affected me. I liked him. Do you know what it used to make me think? You know when Superman squashed the cigarettes? The boxes fags. Yeah. They looked all bendy and nice. It made me want to have. Yeah, them. they did. They looked. Like, they made the cigarettes look attractive. Like sweets. Mm, I'd like some of those chewy <laughs> fag things. I must go get me a box of those guys. Yeah, and nicotine, he just had a, like he looked all sort of jaded and like he was from a, through a he lived his life through a veil of smoke and he had a top hat and everything. I liked him. Yeah. I just thought he seemed like a nice sort of a fella. And he was all sort of a bit spindly and Victorian, wasn't he? Oh, and Superman just a just square. A chump. Yeah, you big daft chump, you big representation of American values, you big chump. Nicotine is a bit avant-garde. Oh, would you like a cigarillo? I, I liked him. Like that. <laughs> didn't he? He was American. I smoke like that. Oh yeah, probably cough thing. Hey, Superman. <laughs> Why, hey kids, have a fag. Don't have a fag, kids. Yeah, that was, uh, nicotine was just sort of flying around giving fags to children. <laughs> <laughs> in a way, he was a great philanthropist. He's a nice guy. <laughs> he was like, I, I consider him to be like a Dr. Bernardo figure. <laughs> just trying to help kids out when they need a packet of smokes. Here, uh, no, don't smoke if you are a child and you listen to Radio 2 at 9 o'clock in the night for some reason. But he's probably got other problems. Problems, really, <laughs> that you should probably prioritise. Um, so we done uh, the comic relief thing earlier in the week. We did. I know. I, I warp grammar deliberately because I think it sounds cute. Uh, we did this. Also, uh, you've warped it to say we. <laughs> it's just yeah. you, mate. <laughs> you was there, Matthew. You came along. I was Frank in the Kevin. audience. God, so I did it. <laughs> I know, but I was done it. He was. <laughs> or diddly, I tried diddly it. So that's how. That's my new. I'm going to try and create a new tense for modal verbs that's got I try on it. So you go. <laughs> Wouldn't I try? Didn't I try? Come on. I chai. Do you think it'll catch on? <laughs> Probably it widdly I chai. That means won't. Um, so uh, yeah, we done comic relief and uh, it was good, wasn't it? I had to be in a sketch with Matt and Dave. I was in the I'm a lady sketch. I didn't go down well because you've just heard me do the voice. I was a plumber in that sketch with, I believe they're called Emily and Florence. I had to come in wearing like a boiler suit. It was all done up with poppers and underneath it I was wearing ladies lingerie and of course re revealed myself to be a transvestite at the sketch's climactic moment. Earlier in the day, rehearsed with Matt and David. It was funny that for me, mm. you looked much more out of place wearing DMs than you did un ladies' underwear. I felt more comfortable. Once I got that boiler suit off and was just wearing leopard print like lingerie, I thought, oh, I can relax at last. <laughs> what I didn't like, because when I, oddly as well, when I was wearing like a boiler suit and DMs, I looked like a lesbian as opposed to a plumber, <laughs> didn't, didn't I? I? It yeah. just looked like, looked like a, a female trying to look masculine as yeah. opposed to what I am, a man. You did look like June Brown. 
They look like drinks. Oh, did I? All like, well, my nick, my nick, I look like cotton. Weird, yeah. Well, once I was in the lingerie, I looked like. No, 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 no. lingerie, you look fantastic, darling. <laughs> <laughs> comfortable, I must say. I felt very Maybe that was because you had a uh, breast implant down the front of your pants. Yeah, which you insisted I put there. Like, he does things like As this to mate. me. Regularly, right? I just As a first mate. It was, it was embarrassing, right? Because I had to get dressed. I, I was sharing in a dressing room with Jonathan Ross and Peter Saranovich. I can never Saranovich, say his name. Saranovich, He's got so many syllables in his surname. Brilliant, fantastic actor. Must you? have so many them in your name. It's ridiculous. There's, that's why there's people called things like Bo Peep because <laughs> of you hoarding all those syllables. Peter Sephiranaranabanabanabitch. You hadn't, Russell hadn't learned his lines and Jonathan Ross was in there gabbling. <laughs> yeah, I know, I tell him like, so me, me and Mac were practicing like Jonathan Ross was such a fantastic magnanimous man. There's no difference between Jonathan Ross's on-screen and on-air persona and who he actually is. Like me and Matt are sort of like, right, there's this lovely bit where Jonathan Ross was like smoking a cigar, leaning out of a window, like chatting to us about films and it was good because it was like having your own 2007 or whatever this is we're in now, film review, wasn't it? 2006. I can never remember <laughs> what it is. I don't look at the end bit, I just remember it's 2000 something. It's film 92 forever. <laughs> Hello, I just think it's Barry Norman. Barry Norman's got turned blimey. Look at Barry Norman. He's turned into a teddy boy. <laughs> Who is this fella? He's got the beat set and he's dangerous. Watch out for him. He could be a glue sniffer. But uh, Jonathan Ross was like sort of just leaning out the window talking about, oh yeah, yeah, I'll watch that film. You do a really good Jonathan Ross impression, Matthew. You should do it now. Oh yeah, I'll watch that film. Right, smoking a cigar and that, all blase. That's that woman with big teeth. <laughs> what's that? Oh, what, Janet Street Porter. That's in, I, <laughs> I inadvertently do impressions of her while just trying to live my life because there are <laughs> obvious similarities. Right, so like he was just leaning out this Only window. Only dentally. <laughs> <laughs> we both got their great big window pane gnashes. Like he was leaning out, like sort of on on the windowsill, smoking this cigar, talking about films and that. And this aggressive. Me and Matt were just sort of like talking to him, like because he's an elder statesman of broadcasting, showing him all respect and that. And he did this big mighty grunt. It was like a guff when it were. <gasps> like, if an elephant had done it, it would be ashamed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You'd say, "Oh Christ, Nelly, have you no manners?" <laughs> Dear, get to the back of the elephant house. <laughs> I'm not surprised you produced dung. Chris, if an elephant done that, Chris O'Philly would be right round the back going, hello, I'll be able to knock up a painting out of that. Hannibal yeah. <laughs> would have got off and gone home again. <laughs> I'm not putting up with that. Dumbo would have gone, I don't know, like, would have gone, right, you might be able to fly using your ears, but it's clearly a jetpack from your Botticello <laughs> that's ultimately propelling you. So I think you get the idea. It was a loud blow off. And he, and he sort of looked, he, sort of, like, he was talking to us, took a big tug on his cigar, did this mighty elephantine gun and went, excuse me, gentlemen, while I enjoy my luxurious lifestyle. <laughs> that, like that fart was part of his luxurious lifestyle. It wasn't a poor person's fart. It was not. That was the fart of a rich and elegant man, a skilled broadcaster, wasn't it? Blimey. Yeah, what a wonderful evening. Then, of course, what was so, that, Matthew? Yeah, you were saying about that thing you put down the trousers. Yeah, no, you were saying about that, Matthew. What, what happened was, I sort of put on all the lingerie. Jonathan Ross is there. Peter Sefiranovanovanovanovich is there. Lovely, lovely, talented, brilliant man. I'm not being, um, you know, cheap about him. Right, so I was putting on the, I was putting on the lingerie and Matt looked over and like, to tell you the truth, the tightness of the lingerie was suppressing my genitalia, which have a broad range of dimensions. Sometimes my genitalia look glorious and magnificent, sometimes I look down at those things <laughs> with, uh, with pity. Like, and on this occasion, with all, I think with the nerves and the tightness of the lingerie. Get on with it. It was not impressive. And Matt goes, right, and there's these fillet things, these artificial fillet things that I was meant to stuff down the bra. Right, and I was finished, I was happy to go on stage like that. 
And Matt goes, you might want to put one of them fillets down the front of your pants, mate. Uh, didn't you? I didn't say it like Nick Cotton. You did. Here, ma, stick that <laughs> down the front of your trousers. Oh no! <laughs> like we never you knew. Get down there quick enough, could you? I liked it actually. It felt quite nice, and also I felt much more confident. And when I saw pictures in the newspaper, I felt much better about myself. Well, there you go. Who's looking out for you, eh? Oh, Matt, that's uh, what a first mate he's turned out to be. Aye, aye, we're ship shape and bristle fashion. Trevor, you look bemused, bemused, well, couldn't what, what, what a what is a fillet? A piece of fish? It's exactly shaped. Like, I think originally they, they must have used um, chicken Herring. breasts as the in, as the in, initially as bras because it's a, it's an artificial emulation of a chicken Russell, breast, but really made out of breast. Do you really think people use chicken breast as bras? Yes. Not no. as bras, bras yes. stuffing. Yes, donkey down a whoopsie on the stage. I think they use them to stuff bras. They with. look like chicken breasts. They're like yeah, uh, but that's because that's, it's in the direct. It's mimicking the shape of a chicken breast. No, it's not coincidence. It is, mate. It's just a bit of flesh-coloured sort of. I will go to town on this, Matthew Morgan. They are definitely mimicking chicken breast, and I've heard it. Women did use to stuff chicken. Look, look, look at Mark nodding. Look at our producer nodding. Nodding. Do you really think people put raw meat down there? Yes, bar? I do. It and I think they put raw. raw meat down their pants, and I think they have raw meat as friends. I think raw meat is underrated as a commodity, even as a vegetarian. I think you could have them as a set of golf club. Sausage golf clubs, anyone? Bacon hats? Why not? Yeah. <laughs> you looked at me with vague disappointment there. So anyway, what a, out, really. what, what, a, what a night it was, that comic relief gala. I felt a bit sorry for uh, Holby City's Jeremy Edwards when um, oh David dear. done that character. He does a character that's a children's entertainer, and as David Baddiel pointed out on the night, when that character uh, began, it was just a children's entertainer. Through time, and the interpretation of David Williams, it became an aggressively gay <laughs> children's entertainer. Something that David Baddiel pointed out on the night, and uh, it got Jeremy Edwards out. There. There's a character where he gets two uh, two chumps out of the audience, stooges, I suppose, and then like one of them is really nice to the other one is really derisory towards. He pulled down, he aggressively pulled down Jeremy Edwards's trousers and pants, revealing to the world his gentle. Well, I think he no. meant to pull down his trousers, didn't mean the pants to come with it. Poor Jeremy Edwards. You feel? Did you ever fill it down there? It, it, no. No, no, he no, didn't. It was, it was more like a nose. wing at best. Oh, dear. Poor soul. Okay, well, why don't we. What, Matthew, what should we have a listen to now? Nirvana. Why not? We've got Courtney coming on. What, what is this in particular? This is Love Buzz. It's actually a cover of. You know that band he did? I'm your Venus. Oh, it's them? Yeah. A no, cover of them? It's a cover of this. Oh, lovely. All this had to listen to that. That'll be fun. Okay. Okay, let's listen to this now. Radio 2. Nirvana there. You listen to Russell Brand on Radio 2. <laughs> Tell us the specifics of that track. Oh, there's a bit more from a little bonus. Squeaky from nice, isn't it, Matthew? Go on. What was that? So, who uh, was the cover? It was, it was by Shocking Blue. Right, and it was a, and it was a, it was a cover of a Shocking yeah. Blue track. Yeah, the original is sung by a woman, and they changed, Nirvana changed, uh, King of My, You're the King of My Heart to You're the Queen of My Heart. Clever. Because Dang. otherwise, you know, yeah. why would you want a king like, in your heart? I always think that's weird though, when, you know, like when a gay singer sings yeah. a song and it's about a woman. I know, like Elton John, Bernie Torpin wrote the words, so it's right, so different. Right, yeah. But I, I sometimes think. I think about men, I think like it men. shouldn't matter. Right? Say you're a bloke. I think you should still be. Uh, there's one bit where Morrissey goes, "I'm a girl and you're a boy." I like, I like that. And I How think unlike him. <laughs> <laughs> and normally Morrissey <laughs> is so butchering, <laughs> kicking over bins, yeah. <laughs> doing blow-offs in restaurants. That's Morrissey. I made a bit of a mistake. What is that called? Love Buzz. That song. Yes. I goes. I goes. What are they saying, Matthew? Can you feel my? He goes. Can you feel my love buzz? I, th I thought he was saying. Can you feel my lollipop? What situation would? You be in, don't where you say that in front of uh, Courtney Love. I won't. I won't do. I won't say. I'm going to be good as gold. But I don't think she'll mind me saying, "Can you feel my lollipop?" <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to feel my lollipop? <laughs> What's this picture of you on a motorbike? 
Well, all right. I was in. I'm in the Times today. Uh, on the cover of the Times magazine, it's a good bit of propaganda. I look handsome, and like the inside. Propaganda is that how you think of it now? Sort of, yeah. I think of it as propaganda for the campaign, the Herbals. ultimate campaign, to start us a nice little cult where we take over, if not the whole world, just a bit of it, where we can all live in peace, harmony, do yoga, vegetarianism, lots of kissing and cuddling. That's the sort of system I'd like to Quite see. Quite a lot of makeup on, don't you? Oh, not that much. I think I look handsome. You look yeah. nice. And there's a photo within it of me, sort of on a motorbike. That goes. What they said is, oh, right, we want to take a photo of you on a motorbike. I goes, I don't know how to ride, ride a motorbike or use the verb to ride. <laughs> I just use the post past tense there. So like, uh, I, go, I goes, I'll sit on it backwards then and hold um, reins on it as if it's an horse. That looks quite good. I goes, nice. all right, do that then. What's this picture of you so with a wrench? Uh, that's Dangling me. off your finger. <laughs> they wanted to make, I guess it's the juxtaposition of my dandyish femininity with masculine exploits, which I think I handled expertly as a matter of fact, Matthew, because you know there are many paradoxes, like, you know, like I'm a big fan of West Ham United, and yet listen to how I speak. Oh, hello! Come on, you ones! How's your, uh, football chant going? The football chant campaign is going ever so well. We mentioned it last night on the Channel 4 show with, uh, Matt Lucas and David Wallims. Matt is uh, an Arsenal fan himself so he was keen to know how it was going. Um, just in case you're not up to speed on this, what it is is we're writing, or me, Matt, you should help a bit, right, we're writing a football chant and it's based around Billy Joel's song Uptown Girl. It goes so far, it goes, because uh, West Ham play Upton Park. Upton Park, we're the Amers, we're from Upton Park. It gets a bit weird here. We're just a bunch of these boys. Now we're gonna make some F noise, some effing noise. That's I, I don't think you can do those. What's last wrong with lines the lyrics? Are just wrong. They're weak. They're, they're all right. They are weak. Because yeah, but hold on. You go. We're going to make some effing noise, some effing noise, right? You repeat that idea. Then what happens? Whoa! Yeah. Come oh. on, brilliant football well, chant. And that is the noise. Of football fans to sing that big harmony. Bit. Well, all right, but there's a bit at West Ham where they do. There's one bloke. I wish I knew who it was. There's one bloke alone goes, shake it up, baby, now, and then the rest of them go, shake it up, baby. <laughs> Twist and shout, and he does that bit on his own. That's and then he, Paul McCartney. And then he, he's very good, this fellow. <laughs> he's got a couple of chums. They've got a skiffle band from Liverpool. <laughs> it's going really well, and I wish them every success. But this Elvis Presley fella, if he keeps moving his hips like that, I'll have him banned, sir, as I will. Not on my show, you don't. Um. So anyway, and then when it gets to that bit where it goes uh, like um the end of Twist and Shout, uh, come on, come on, come on, baby, now. That bit where it goes. And that takes a lot of effort, and they do all that bit really well. They really commit to it. So I'm just thinking, you know, <laughs> Billy Joel. I mean, maybe it's a bit too cheesy, but and do the they do that little stage school dance that you just did? No, they don't. And when <laughs> I do it, I'm asked to leave <laughs> in the international language of violence. <laughs> Get out of here! But also, you know that we were a little bit concerned about the lyric. We're just a bunch of feasting boys. Well, there's another chant, you know, I've been meaning to tell you, that goes, one nil to the Cockney boys, and that's a bit, oh. No, <laughs> Cockney boys is, but yes, the thing is, it's bunch. bunch. It's, it's bunch, bunch, isn't it? Yes. We're just a bunch. All right, gang, horde, pride, gaggle. Crowd. Even load. Crowd. We're a load of Eastern boys. We're just a load of, yeah, but it sounds like rubbish. Yeah, that's what, yeah. that would drive me. So anyway, the chant's going quite well. Had some suggestions. I mean, yeah, this is from David Palmer. He's changed, what I don't like about David Palmer, I mean, thank you very much for contributing, David. I'm not attacking that. That's lovely of you. But he's changed some of the lyrics that we had that we were happy with. Uh, Upton Park, we're the hammers lads from Upton Park. We're a barrow load of East End fans of the best team ever in the land. Don't be nah. that scanned as well as our version. 
uh, I really want to be at Upton Park. And, and one of the things we learned off of uh, Pete Boyle last week is don't introduce different verses, different stanzas, reprise or reprises and stuff like that. Yeah. It confuse people. The, a football chant has got to be kept simple. One of his greats, um, this Pete Doyle, Boyle character, who's a great man, the poet laureate of the terraces, as I've been calling him, was, uh, gigs, gigs will tear you apart again. Simple, repeat ad infinitum. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there's, you know, you've got to keep these yeah, things Barrow, simple. Yeah, Barrow, though, is trying too hard to be East End. It is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. We're just a I flick knife worth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a bit too craze. It's a bit too yeah. valence road. Apples and pears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're going to get some used motors. <laughs> yeah, I, I see the problem with that. I went on uh, Soccer AM this morning, talked about the chant on there. It's a lovely programme, Soccer AM. Uh, it's uh, like Tim Lovejoy and Helen. They're really, really good. It's got very good organic atmosphere to it. It's grown over time. Sketches in it are all four funny. Four hours long, isn't it? It's a very long bit of telly, but it's good, good hangover TV, brilliant atmosphere, good for football fans and non-football fans alike, I would say. But there was a bit where, like, you know, he asked me about yoga, and I goes, yeah, I'll do yoga, I can do an headstand. I don't know why I sort of, I used this sort of a kind of, a, a bellicose braggart tone about yoga, and apparently spiritual thing. I sort of went, yeah, I can do yoga, yeah, I'll do an headstand <laughs> for you if you like, son. Cupping my own genitalia almost. And then he goes, like, go on, in. Right, so I sort of thought, well, I'm, you know, I'm in now. And I was wearing quite a jacket, it was quite restrictive across my shoulders, and obviously, as you know, I've got a ridiculous haircut. And uh, I had to get into the sort of the position of a headstand. On telly? On telly, live telly, and I was thinking, I'm wearing a mic pack of, you know, trousers, and that, you know, and I- Trousers? Imagine that! <laughs> you. You're such a pro. I know, I thought, I'm going on telly, I'm going to put these pantaloons on. <laughs> uh, I mean, I was tempted to wander out there in my nappy, but I thought, <laughs> people are not going to like those, some of the smears. So uh, I went, yeah, went, got myself into position, went up, and I sort of rolled, I like, got onto a headstand, but I was, on the way up into the headstand, I could tell that I was gathering too much momentum oh, and it was God. not going to look good. Got into, I was in an actual headstand for about 0.5 a second before I just fell over backwards, rolled out. Essentially, what I did, it was like I was like a metronome, really. In fact, I didn't even do one repetition. I was like a scythe. I sort of scythed through the air, just fell on my so back. You boasted you could do something, then didn't do it properly. Boasted I could do something, then did a very, very bad version of it, causing love joy to lament, You're rubbish, you yoga! Because that's very spiritual what I've just done there. <laughs> <laughs> it was absolutely preposterous. Good bit of telly though, and I'd like to roll a rollicking laugh. He too, and he's obviously, you know, he's a, an expert on football, football culture. He goes, you're going to struggle to launch that chant. But, oh, um, yeah, of course, yeah, he did, he did. But he said he's tried to launch one himself, but his one weren't as good as ours. I can't remember it, it was not catchy. And, uh, like, uh, but, like, so obviously I should be at Upton Park today, but we're pre-recording this show because Courtney Love, uh, is coming on the show later, so we need to arrange it for Courtney so we couldn't do the show live. So perhaps even now, Matthew, West Ham vs Sheffield United, Upton Park is alive with all manner of butch working class men going, we're just a bunch of these sting boys, ooh cha cha, ooh cha cha, look at my pom poms, that's what I reckon's going on in the Eastern right now, do you? Yeah, I think it, you know, I think you could get it out there, but I think you personally, you can go on all, any medium you like, but you've got to be on the terraces singing there. Yeah, you've got to get amongst it, you've got to you've leave got from to the front. shout it out. Like Alexander the Great, but I just wanted to, the, to, the, merit, the message to pervade before, you know, 
know, before yeah, I no, stood out there, but now you've got to get out there. Now I've got to get out there. You're quite right, Matt. Okay, let's uh, listen to a record of some kind. This is, uh, you're listening to Russell Brand Show Radio 2 from the BBC. Sammy Davis Jr., what kind of fool am I on Radio 2? Why don't you two? make a football channel out of that? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of fan <laughs> am I? Look at my daft haircut. Um, I love that song, Matt. I see you roll your eyes. But this is Radio so 2. Sickly and Christmassy. Yeah, <laughs> it's coming up for Christmas. I like the bit where he goes, uh, why can't I fall in love like any other man? I like, I like it's all passionate and beautiful and Sammy Davis Jr. and the Rat Pack and Las Vegas, Matthew, the romance of it, Dean Martin, Sinatra. Can't you feel it? Isn't it beautiful? It's lovely. Yeah, you look, yeah, I bet you liked it, didn't you, Chef? I loved it. That's, I could play records like that all evening. Could you? Mm. Oh, look at him, lovely old Trevor Lock. How could we ever think that it would be wise to sling him into a moat full of poisonous fish and triffids and the like, as oh, once no. we did? No, we didn't think that, Trevor. You were a delightful oh. fella. So that was a, a lovely, lovely little moment for us on Radio 2. We're talking about personal conspiracies, conspiracies you've got in your own life. I'll tell you what I used to think, here's the thing, when I was growing up, right, I thought that everyone, except me, were these sort of automaton robot beings... Hello. <laughs> ...that were involved in an uber conspiracy, including my mum and everyone. I just thought I was alone in the world and all these other people were conspiring against me, would have meetings and that. Drat, he's got us travelling. <laughs> <laughs> right, come on, come clean, guys. This has all been I've a coup. I've got wires inside my body, Russ. <laughs> uh, that Truman Show, basically. You I thought, thought yeah. I was in the Truman Solipsism. Show. It's a common thing. Solipsism. That's what children think, though, isn't it? All yeah. children think that the whole universe is a big puppet show built around their brain box. And it's true. Yeah. And it might as well be. <laughs> Why? What do you mean, true. might as well be? Because you're an uh, egotistical being, right? <laughs> yeah. Not you, I mean one, one is. is one is. Yeah, yeah, it's funny how you said you, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I suppose me especially, I suppose I'm a good example of the of an egotistical being, of a narcissist, of self-obsessed, bit of a twit. Um, what are you saying there, Trev? Everyone thinks this, you say. Well, exactly, yeah. We, we live in our heads, don't we? That's the problem. That's the fundamental problem. Children. Better than living in your shins, though, isn't it? <laughs> or in someone else's garden. Children think that uh, when they close their eyes, they're invisible. Oh, yeah, there's that test, isn't it, where you move a teddy about and they go, well, what... What can the dolly see, or something? I Come on, Matt, you're... thinking of something else. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. Go on, what's that test? You know about that. Yeah, they... <clears throat> Sorry, I'm eating. Well, don't, you're on Radio 2. Oh, concentrate. You've fruit in your yeah, little delicate bits of fruit, like an Arabian prince, not you, scoffing great gobs full, big troughs full of pie. <laughs> I'm not. I really hate you. The way that you... Whatever I really I hate you. When we went to Comic Relief, someone came up to me as soon as we got there and went, do you want any food? So I said, yeah. And then I was meant to be helping him learn his Comic life. relief, raising money for famine, I'll get there, he's scoffing chili con carne with five dollars. Chili con carne? Chili con carne, and they said, do you want chips with it? I said, yeah. Oh. Then he goes, look chili at you, you're eating Yob's food, chips, <laughs> and chili con carne, that's Yob's food. Everywhere we go, everywhere we go, he has a dinner. Yeah, I'm you. <laughs> everywhere <laughs> we go, he has a dinner. I no to food. <laughs> if someone says to me, can I get you any food? I say yes. It's like Rain Man. He'd turn up in a doctor's surgery and ask for, can I have some stew? <laughs> Everywhere he goes, he thinks but he's an opportunity to so have a dinner. Snobbish about <gasps> food. You Russell swine. has a special company that deliver him food. £20 a go for a. What is it? A pot Organic of wheat free goo. Yeah, <laughs> and he'll get, he'll get it delivered anywhere around London. It comes with his name and a little heart drawn on it. <laughs> oh. So he takes the mick out of me every time I eat a jacket potato or something normal. <laughs> <laughs> That's Yop's food. Uh, jacket potato? They ate that in revolutionary Russia. What's wrong with you? Get with it, Matthew. Why don't you eat a bean delivered by a butterfly, as I have had? <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, well, I think it's nice that I eat that stuff, because remember, I used to be a dirty junkie and everything, and I do worry about it. I think, oh no, I'm spending 25 quid a day on this organic food. Oh no, I'm having these yoga lessons, private yoga lessons. And I think, I'm never gonna, you're never gonna read in the paper, oh, he was doing really well, but then he blew all his cash on yoga lessons and organic I'm food. Yeah, it doesn't really happen. Because it means that I'll be focused, because mm -hmm. I'm doing those things, and we'll generate more success, and everything will be alright, and our brilliant plan to take over, if not the world, at least a small region in Tharrock, will be intact. We've got Courtney Love coming on the show later. She'll be fantastic. I want to ask her about that time when she lived in Liverpool. She lived in yeah. Liverpool for a while, didn't she? I went out with Julian Cope and she stuff like that. talk about Julian Cope. I don't they're friends now. Oh, no. God, dear. What are we going to do? You used to live around, in Liverpool, didn't you? Just say that. Just say that. Don't Go, I'll practice it. You be Courtney, Matt. Hi. <clears throat> Hello there. You used to live in Liverpool, don't you? Why'd you have to bring that up? Oh, I'm so sorry! Go on track! Go on track! <laughs> oh no, it's gonna be a disaster. No, she'll be great, she'll be great. be great. And we've got Noel Gallagher coming on a little bit later, if we can remember ringing him. And John Ronson, we should ring John Ronson. Yeah, we're gonna be talking about He came on last week, personal conspiracies. Well, I talked I think about my personal conspiracy, where I think everyone's robots. Yeah, well, that's a bit mad. Well, I think sometimes when you when I lose something in my house, Yeah. And, I know, and then I go back and it is somewhere that I know I've looked. You definitely look there. Definitely. So you there's elves. The weird thing elves, is Elves, is that it? So if I'm looking for- Mice? Something. Uh, mice, I think. <laughs> Go on. silver shoes. No, I think, uh, when you- when I'm looking for something in my house, and then yeah. I think, ah, oh, that's a really good place to look behind that wardrobe. I haven't looked there for ages, and I have a really good place. What do you hold on? What are you looking for? For what are you looking? Keys? Like my keys, right? Why would they be behind the wardrobe? Because they might have fallen there. They're only going to be in a series of places, like the down the, the, no, on no, the no, dress no, no. side, the down the side. Well, they might be behind the wardrobe. There's got to be a, a logical reason right, how so those things got passport. Right, okay. That could be anywhere. Where are you going? I don't know. Oh. This is hypothetical. Okay. Uh, so I'm looking for my passport and I think, oh, behind that wardrobe. And I think of a really good place that it might be. Hmm. Then I find it somewhere else, but I still, after I've even got it, go and look <laughs> in that place. Because I had it in my head as an exciting, oh, I'll look behind there. That what is you, probably What are you going to find there? Some magic beans? I don't know why I still the tunnel to Narnia? Maybe. What are you looking for, Matt? What's missing I in your life that you're scurrying around looking at the back of wardrobe? Love! <laughs> You won't find it in the back of the wardrobe, mate. You might. You'd probably find it around some alleyway and archway, the way you scurry about. What early things about? out your window. Shut up. <laughs> the way you live, it's despicable to sell as it is. Alright, so I'll tell you what, why don't we play some music, then we'll, listen, uh, then we'll give John Ronson or Noel Gallagher or someone a bell. Go put a track on, Matthew, you're in charge of the switches. This is BBC now. Radio 2. Why don't we listen to any of our jingles ever? The strokes there! I've got a big mouthful of salad. That's not the name of the Very track. Very unprofessional. Mm, sorry about that, I was just peckish. That was a stroke someday, listening to BBC Radio 2. I'm Russell Brown, I'm here with Matt Morgan and Trevor Locke. Later on the show, we'll be listening to Courtney Love and Noel Gallagher. We'll be discussing personal conspiracies, which we've been discussing. For example, Matt Morgan used to believe that Crow lived in his wall, whereas Trevor Locke <laughs> yes. thinks that he's got Stalin's blood running through his veins. That's the dictator, not the type of bird. Poor cocky Locky! <laughs> um, so, um, a person who I consider to be something of a guru, an expert on this topic of personal conspiracies, would be John Ronson, because if you read his book out of the ordinary. He talks about like everywhere in his life he sees confusion and duplicity and oddity, don't he? Have you read any of it? Oh, excuse me, Burfing. I've, I've read um, his. I've read Colin that. in the Guardian and that. Oh, and you've yeah. read them goats who men who stare at goats. Goats yeah. who stare at men was a less successful book, <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> but, but a kinkier one I found. It was, it was the one that drew <laughs> it's me. It's a in. cheeky romp. It's a, it's a cheeky, playful romp. It's a feel-good book. It's a feel-good book of the season. Uh, are you there, John Ronson? Hi. How you doing, Russell? Hi, Matt. 
Hello. Hi, John. We're ever so well today. Trevor Locks here. I don't know if you met Trevor last week. I met him briefly. It was cold. He'd been out um, begging for money, right? In That's suit. right, yeah. We don't pay him very much. Now, <laughs> John, um, yeah, could you... We're talking about personal conspiracies. Like, my one as a child that everyone else was robots is perhaps slightly preposterous. The one where I believe my mobile phone is helping me in some way. Like, it's got a consciousness. Like, it's a sort of a technological Jiminy Cricket guiding me through life, give a little whistle. Like, it's, if the text doesn't go through, it wasn't meant to go through. That's right. The, the phone then goes, message failed, and I sort of think, oh, I was never meant to send that text. No good would have come of this. And then I look sagely across a car park like that, and the wind teethers my hair. Have you got things like that, John Ronson? Well, I'm always thinking people are talking about me. Really? I that counts, yeah. Well, my next door neighbour, you know, when I call from the cat at night, uh, I shout for Monty. Mm. And mm. then I hear, a, I go, Monty, Monty, for the cat. Yeah. Thinking if anybody ever overheard this, they'd find it delightful, because what could be more delightful? than the sound of someone summoning their cat in at night. Charming, English, yeah. quaint. Exactly, but but it doesn't actually work out that way because when I do it, I hear from over the over the fences people going, Monty, kind of mocking me. They, <laughs> mock, yeah. they mock your cat calls. Yeah, they mock it. And, and I, 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 feel, I feel like Eve in Paradise Lost, um, you know, cover me ye bowels. Oh, um, really? What, you feel all ashamed of your essential being? Yeah, like I can never call from a cat in an unselfconscious fashion again. That's not fair, to be robbed of the innocence to call a cat unselfconsciously. Well, that's what I think, because now when I call the cat in, I have to adopt a sort of mannish tone. How do you do it, John? Monty! <laughs> <laughs> He's not going to respond to Monty. that, is he, Monty? Like, defi yeah, like, I defy you to, to mock that. Yeah, <laughs> Monty, you better get back here before I kick your head in, and any would-be deriders of this cry also fall under that umbrella threat. Perhaps you should shout that of an evening, John. But, you know, <laughs> I worked out who it was. I knew it was one of my neighbours. Mm. I mean, at first I thought maybe it was a passing drunk or a kid or something. Yeah, but, but they wouldn't... It happened more than once, and they couldn't be perpetually passing. Yeah, well, exactly. And mm. anyway, quite recently, my next-door neighbour had a party, ah. and he was playing the music really loudly, and I got a bit cross, and I went next door and banged on the door and asked him to turn music down and then I lay in bed and I could hear I could hear the neighbour regaling his party guests <laughs> with stories about me <laughs> oh no and the punchline was Monty <laughs> 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 so now I've pinpointed who did it I don't know what to do in, in return I think perhaps ridicule him in your column and use th this airtime now to make him a target for local yobs <laughs> Excellent idea. Now I'm rather hoping he, he doesn't know that I'm doing it. I came back home, John, the other day, and my own cat was doing that low guttural rumble that cats adopt in situations of conflict. <laughs> it would go in, and uh, like I sort of, I wanted to step in. I have this protective attitude towards my cat. If I see him in a fight situation, I like to think of myself as his burly human protector. How right. often does this happen? Often. Because he's a tomcat, I've not given him no ghoulie snip, so he's right. he's given to testosterone, or I don't know if cats have testosterone, or the mm -hmm. feline equivalent of that, he's given to getting himself in a lot of rows, right, John, and yeah. Matt, and Trev, and everyone else listening, and, like, so, what, I can't address you all by name, it would be preposterous, so I came, I, I sort of feel like I want to protect him, you know, if he's if he's in a fight, because I like to think of, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Watership Down, but there's a bit where they become friends with a bird, and they're able to summon a bird to assist them in a rabbit war, and this gives the rabbits a lot yeah, of kudos, it. it's good! People like Warship Down. So anyway, what I'd like to do is like, you know, the, the other night I came home, he was going through the cat flap. There was another cat the other side of the cat flap. It was a very, very confident cat. It adopted this sort of feline arch like a, it was a fighting stance. It was like a Bruce Lee cat move. Mm. It was stood there with 
full of portentous menace. Does this story end in you getting beaten up by cats? Essentially, yes. <laughs> and attending the musical cats and demanding a refund <laughs> because of violent <laughs> conduct on stage and evoking negative memories. So, uh, I sort of get involved in cat conflict. I did end up, uh, uh, to my shame, uh, hissing at a cat, <gasps> pretending to Hitting. be a cat. Oh, hissing? Didn't hit the cat. I went, I did, oh, there was a bit where I spat. Uh, cats. I, know, I was protecting my own cat. I know it's partisan, but well, I love my cat so much. Of you. I did. I did a worse thing to a cat once. There, go on, John. Tell us. Make me feel better about myself okay, somehow. Okay. Well, uh, this other cat was it was attacking our cat, and, oh. and our cat's quite stupid and <laughs> allowed it to happen. But I was getting annoyed, and and I pinpointed who the cat was. It was this ginger cat lived down the road. Uh, the same day that I got a new mobile phone, my first ever one with a video camera on it. Right. Um, <laughs> so I read in the paper that if you want to stop a cat from coming around, you're supposed to squirt it with water. Yeah. So <laughs> I was squirting it with water whilst trying out my video camera function. So I was <gasps> filming myself squirting it with water. <laughs> and this neighbour um, came past and gave me this look as if to say, um, you're happy slapping your cat. <laughs> <laughs> that's a feline happy slap, a catty slap. Oh, John, that's embarrassing. Have you still got the footage? Because I think I might like to watch that. I raised it in shame. <laughs> i tell you what, that's like bet, being a cat lover, I bet you get annoyed if you ever gone out with a girl and she gets you the wrong cat food. Yeah, I do, as a matter of fact. Yes, I do. <laughs> he knows that. Uh, yes, that happened in my DVD, Russell Brand Live. There is an anecdote where I talk of a, a woman getting the wrong... Uh, my cat needs a very specific type of cat food, and when, when a woman gets the wrong cat food, I do see that as a slight against me, my cat, and our relationship. But I must be careful not to overreact. Verbally, I can be quite cruel if the cat doesn't get the right food, John, but it's something I'm trying to temper. He must have a particular type. I can't name the brand because it would be undue prominence, and I'd have to name a big list of cat foods as yeah, I've been delivered on a bike with a heart on it. <laughs> <laughs> it is the feline equivalent of my organic woofter-nosh, the heart that I eat on a daily basis. John, we've got to go to the news now. Thank you so much for your contribution. Hey, thank you for having me. Uh, it's nice to talk to you again. I think we consider you a friend of this show, and I think we'll be bothering you on a, a regular basis. Just Whenever you want me, I'll be back. Oh, you lovely man. Thank you very much, John Ronson. We'll talk to you later. So we're going to have to have some news now. Let's update ourselves what's going on in this crazy world of ours. Before we do go to news, guess what? Last week, when we said to the uh, newsreader, say shenanigans, she did say it. Oh, did and she? we didn't credit her. Thank you so much for saying that, newscaster Andrea. Andrea, you're the most beautiful newscaster on earth. That surely made it all worthwhile for her. See if you can get... Hullabaloo. Hullabaloo into the news, 88 to 91 FM, Radio 2 from the BBC. BBC Radio 2. You heard the news, then after the news you heard a cover of Get Rhythm, the Johnny Cash song, Get Rhythm. Who's that cover by? Jawbone. It's like a one-man band. He's a one-man band? I'd like to be, imagine that, a one-man band. You don't need no one, do you? You've got cymbals, drums, yeah. you can't get the bass. You can't get the bass. Like that was a bass. Bit trebly. It's good, but... It was trebly, it was trebly. I was listening thinking, hello, trebly, and also he must get lonely. Sometimes, who's he gonna have artistic differences with? Who's gonna his say leg. to him, his own leg? <laughs> yeah, do you reckon his leg will one day go to him, hey man, I remember when it used to be about the music. <laughs> when did it come about groupies and drugs? <laughs> yeah, there's, there will still be artistic differences, even with your own body. Um, look at this thing, Matt, Trev. Hello, Russell and Co. Have you seen the action figure I've created of you currently on eBay? Other auction sites are available. It's the same scale as the Doctor Who toys. Other Time Lords are available. So you can put them into the TARDIS. Other time travelling machines are available. 
available. And imagine what it'd be like if you were the new Doctor. Good luck with the new show from Mr. James Smart. Well, he's, he's made an action figure. Yeah, he's made one. it. He's fashioned it around Flash. Ah, Gordon. He saved one of us. He's taken that and he's remodelled it. Have a look at it on eBay. What? Um, what does it do? It's just it's me. It didn't do an awful lot. It just I stands it around does. being me. It is a ladies' love aid. That's what it is. Never. <laughs> he's taken a. Flash it's an action figure. It's only between six and eight inches long. No, it's, it isn't. Well. It's not a life. It's not a life-size thing. You can't give it a cuddle. Tell me about it. it. You've it's put a bid. Of course I have. You bid it for myself. it. Oh, Trevor! You know, this Bring it home. Bring that action figure home. Personal conspiracies and paranoia. Mm -hmm. Someone might do voodoo on that. <gasps> oh That's my God! Do you think someone happened. might do voodoo on my figurine? There's any justice in the world. <laughs> <laughs> someone who can you pull a string. And it goes, oh, you pulled that string, it hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't pull that. Here, get off that string. Get off it. That's my string. You've got no business. That comes out of my back, <laughs> you yobbo. <laughs> How dare you try to control me. <laughs> yeah, silly business, really. Here, on uh, these personal conspiracies, or personal paranoias, perhaps let's call them, is, uh, is one, Russell, Matt and Trevor. I used to believe that buzzy insects, such as bees and wasps, were tagged with microchips designed to be permanently implanted into a human during the stinging process. Thus, bees are evil because they worked as government agents performing sting operations. Suicide stings. Suicide stings, yeah, those ones are much more, they're committed, aren't they? That's where bees get their respect from, isn't mm -hmm. it? Because you know a bee's gonna die, so you think, well, the bee is committed to the sting, whereas your wasp Maybe that's just a sting willy-nilly. No, no, bees do no, die. It's true. Oh, it's true. It's is painful. It? Oh, God. Oh, God, man. A lot of good bees. A lot of good men fell, because of those guys. <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, what's this? Those guys in white suits that hang around beehives, I think, are government informants so giving all the bees codes. Oh, they're beekeepers, surely, I always thought. But no, then no. that's what they want us to think. <laughs> so precisely what we won't think. We must confront these ideas. <gasps> so bees could be working for the government. Surely not. They're unreliable. So they're too cute. Well, what are the ones that make beards? Be you know ones that makes beards. Yeah, don't you remember all oh, the like beard bees always be on record breakers? Yeah. How many People. times are you going to? It's a very obscure record to be so prominently placed, isn't it? Yeah. Be beard of bees. That's much below the hundred meter sprint, but it was more prominent, wasn't it? A like, beard of bees. Would you put honey on your chin? You put honey. You put honey on your chin and lure the bees in. You could have a beard of bees, a moustache of bees. I'd like a beer bra. <laughs> I'd like a. I'd like a bee belly. That's very dangerous. Is it? Yeah. Why? Because you get stung so much. Oh right, yeah, of course. But then you'd have all that, and then you'd be implanted by the government. They'd know your every single move. Now I happen to, well, Matthew, you look like you're about to say right. something that's going to change the world. Well, the, the man who's had, a, well, the many people who've had beards of bees, mm. they'd have like a whole beard of implants that the government are tracking them on. Yeah, they would. Their jawbone would be like MR5 central so, headquarters, I think wouldn't we can it? Dismiss that man's claims. Let's forget that. Listen, your claims, mate. Oh, actually, she's called Lisa. She's from Leicester. Your claims. Dull, sweetheart, are ludicrous. No, maybe they're true. Let's not dismiss the rantings of Lisa from Leicester. She says she loves our Radio 2 show and she's looking forward to the new slot on Channel 4. Her first show was on last night. Further show, Courtney, who's going to be on our uh, Channel 4 show next week, is on this show right now. We just saw her through the panel of the glass. Why don't we listen to a track then we'll get Courtney Love in here. We'll talk to her about all sorts of stuff. You're listening to The Russell Brown Show with Matt Morgan and Cockety Truckety Lockety on 88 to 91 <laughs> FM Radio TV from the BBC. What are we going to listen to, Matthew? Belly. <gasps> Let's listen. That was Wave of Mutilation by West the Pixies. That singing in the background is Courtney Love on The West Russell Brown Show. Courtney Love is here. Let's create atmosphere for her. Hello, darling. Hello. With his wild snake hip charm. 
cultish sense of humor. Russell Brand was always going to go down well with the Big Brother set, but is Middle England really ready for the new voice of Radio 2? Well, are you ready? Are <laughs> you ready, oh Middle England? God, darling, you made it to the cover of the Times. Oh, there magazine I am. That's the Times Saturday. magazine today. There's old Russ's face on From the front, and that's a quote. Robert, they call him a national treasure. A national treasure I'm referred to as, and uh, yes, I mean, I don't think the nation is England that they're referring to. <laughs> Perhaps uh, an impoverished nation somewhere in the Balkans. But uh, yeah, no, it's a very flattering piece. Thank you for showing such an interest in oh, it. I'm, I'm fascinated by this writer. I wish that this writer wrote about me instead of the other one. Oh, that uh, Well, perhaps now I'll introduce you to Robert Crampton. He was I very charming I, and no, nice No, Chrissy Ely wrote uh, my piece and she was lovely, actually. Okay. Well, and then I'm I got glad. in a bit of a fight with another Times writer, but we've made up. Good, Courtney. I'm glad if you can she quite find peace me. with people, you can't be humiliated. Oh, Adam. no, she did. She You're above all that. She, she didn't mean to embarrass me. She just... I consider you to be above embarrassment. Is that uh, not the case? Uh, no. Uh, oh, I, I was. I was. In, I took to my bed for three days. She sent you to bed for three days in a bad way. Yes. Oh, you poor woman. I, I took to my bed. I was so humiliated. If you're going to be lying around in bed for three days, give me a ring next time. I'll pop along. <laughs> oh, right. I'll liven things up. No, you know that's not how we decided. No, we're going we're gonna to deal with this we're gonna platonically. We're going to be friends forever and deal with this platonically. But perhaps I could do a shadow puppet thing yes. at, at the end of the bed. <laughs> I've got a wonderful I range of I could do a shadow characters. puppet thing too. There we are. See, we, we can entertain each other with shadow put, puppets. We could put pillows in the middle of the bed. Why not? Yeah, I, I mean, but a huge, huge, beautiful... Uh, television at the end of my bed. Lovely, but if we did decide, Courtney, I don't think a Hadrian's wall of pillows <coughs> would prevent us. <laughs> you see, Courtney, that cough did not it's sound healthy. It's a bad healthy. cough. It's going to be a worse. i got to do another one. Okay, ready? This is a smoker's cough, everyone. Stop smoking. This is a warning <coughs> to any young people with determined to get young listeners. If you are <coughs> listening, do not smoke. We have Smoking a kills. So last night, mm -hmm. I come back in. This is oh, and I wasn't like out with you. <laughs> no, I wasn't out with you. Okay. Which was sad. Made okay. me sad. Anyway, I come back in at two in the morning uh -huh. um, from my club. Right. And <laughs> where everyone's smoking. And um, there's a little man sitting out in front of my very posh hotel room. Romantic. It was. He looked helpless and sad. What and was I, he doing, this man? I, I, he said he was there for sort of security reasons, and I said, I'm not the president. I'm not J-Lo. Off with you. <laughs> and, um, That's good. You spoke like a princess. No, I, I, was, I was au revoir. You know, darling, you don't have to sit here. Really, it's absurd. I found out today, and I'm not going to name the hotel because I love the hotel very much. Um, it's a very, very lovely hotel, as you know. Um, Yes. That they've decided. It's a B&B. It's, it's, it's a it's little B&B in Bayswater. Awful um, place it is. They're running a knocking shop round back. There's been a lot of confusion. No, it's literally in those. It's, yeah. But they've decided that because I smoke in bed, they're going to have a fire marshal sitting outside of my room. A fire marshal. A fire What's marshal. His for every oh, for every second that I am in the room, I must have a fire marshal sitting outside of my room. Does that make you feel That's a bit absurd. uneasy? That's absurd. It is absurd, Courtney. None of us likes having a fire marshal outside. Outside now, we've got an anxiety marshal. We've got a paranoia marshal. <laughs> we've got a swearing marshal. There's so many marshals yeah. out there. There's a, a, there's a cavalcade it's of marshals. A cavalcade. Endless marshals. There's everywhere. a parade of marshals. But the Rose Parade. This marshal, he would, in a fire situation, he would be no good. I mean, what, I suppose they're assuming you'll fall asleep in bed with a fag in your and hand. And just combust. And it'll be an inferno. There's a smoke alarm in there. The combustion would happen if, you know, 
you and I decided to put the it platonic. It could be explosive, Courtney. There's no doubt about that. They'd need, they'd need an not. orgasm marshal That would be the orgasm room. marshal. Right, there's been an orgasm, for Christ's sake. Courtney, we're Stop on now. Not the views of BBC oh Radio 2, but God. actually lovely, lovely radio, Courtney, and very, very alluring. Really? You know, you know that sort of theory, and I think it comes up in the film Amelie, that when women laugh, ha 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 ha, it is a preclude, preclude to the sound of orgasm to lure you right. in. You think, oh my word, that's what she'll sound like when she does an orgasm. And it lures you in and makes you attractive. Is that to them. is that a concept? Is that this a theory? Is a this is the a hypothesis. Theory. Yeah. So, but when you literally did an orgasm noise there on some atavistic level, on some primal level, I thought, oh bloody hell, I love really? my luck's in really? That's a nice racket. <laughs> yeah, I think it, it sounded very, very pleasant, madam. But you are a woman whose uh, voice is used for many things, mostly music. It was a fakey. Really? Yes. Oh, cross! I would never know the difference. And quite honestly, if they're prepared to go to the trouble of faking one, <laughs> I'll consider my work done. That's <laughs> right. If it can exactly. inspire that, there's nothing I to faked, worry about. I faked plenty in my time and let me tell you I've had fun faking them. Yeah, just get into it. I don't it. know why people complain about faking them. They're just as fun to fake. Fake it till you make it. Exactly. It's just like acting and acting's fun. Acting is fun. Exactly. Right. Now listen, let me try and construct an interview in a proper grown-up way. You're going to try and control me now. I can't control you, yeah. man. <laughs> might as well go outside and argue with me. the weather. <laughs> I don't need to alpha you, darling. Oh, I'm all over alpha. that bloody alphabet. I'm find someone to alpha me. I'll alpha your little oh, brains out. Love now that. listen. <laughs> Listen, my love. Right, so we're gonna. We're, well, these are the things I want to talk to you about. I want to talk to you about your time spent in England, in Liverpool. I want to talk to you about films that you've made, and I want to talk to you, obviously, about music. Now, th where shall we start off on this? I think. Can we just keep talking about sex? That will inevitably happen. <laughs> there will always be a subtext. We are biological machines designed to procreate. That will always be. You're there, the sun, I am the moon. Let's have an eclipse. <laughs> I, I'm stealing your lines. I'm sorry. Did I actually say this? Not to me. But Said that, it to a friend of mine. Awesome. I don't remember saying that. You are the sun. I am the moon. Let's have an eclipse. <laughs> Why did you say that? I was, was in front of his I was with Patrick line. Moore. He looks very attractive. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's the kind of line that's going to appeal to an astronomer. Astronomer. Astrologer. 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 Astro which one's which? Astronomer. I, I never know which one's lies oh. and which one's real. One's looking at astronomer, 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 that's looking at the sky, astrologer, that's trying to trick people into believing that you're one twelfth of a Can I tell else. you the biggest Californian scam that happened to me the other day? Go on, darling. Oh my god. So I've gotten a little zoftig, right? You know. What? What's Zoftig. Zoftig, zoftig a little. What I've is gained zoftig? a little weight. Oh, you look lovely, aren't well, you? Well, uh, it's because you Matthew, love women. Would you agree with Because you love women and, and because I'm well shaped. But. You are well shaped. I have gained a little weight. Nice. And, uh, and I, need, I needed to lose it because I knew I had to come over and do your show and do. You know, One I, thing I can't stand in a studio is how to shake birds. Right. Get them right. out. Get her out. So I, I decided to go on this radical diet and I. I went down to this place in San Diego where they give you, you know, wheatgrass colonics, and we're not going to talk about those, but they make you drink horrible barley, uh, barley water and, and wheatgrass juice, and they kicked me out for smoking. Bloody cheap. All right, but a macrobiotic you smoking snout. All right, so they kicked me out. I said, I'm not giving up. I'm going to a hotel, and I'm going to continue the fast and the colonics and the energy work and lay on the beds of, they have a bed of amethysts. That you lay on. What's them stones? Yeah, there's that can't be very gemstones. They'd be gemstones that you lying on. Yeah, right. She pulls that all the negativity, <laughs> and um, that's really good voice. This, well this done. boy, this Australian man, mm. comes to my room about midnight, and he's an Ayurvedic astrologer, which is a different sort of astrologer than just the 
normal Western bogus kind of astrology. You're mumbo jumbo, Marshall. Uh, we're getting even room. more mumbo jumbo. He tried to sell me a bracelet for forty-eight thousand dollars. What was it like? It was made of like crap, like crap jewels, and what it was supposed <laughs> to do was defeat. Defeat my astrology, like defeat my um, my bad things in my Ayurvedic astrology chart. You can't do battle with the stars if no. Darth Vader has taught us anything. It was Cheating the Stars. It was some yogi wrote this book called Cheating the Stars. Literally, it was the craziest. Cheating the Stars. Craziest snake oil. I was born in San Francisco. I've been exposed to snake oil, mm. culty astrology, or I could read tarot before I could read books. <laughs> and... I'm telling you, this was the one of the nattiest experiences of my life. It sounds preposterous. It was preposterous. But I thought. let him go on for three hours, Russell, because it was so bloody amusing. Sometimes it's interesting. Like, yeah, it, it really was. Sometimes you'll find yourself engaged with a lunatic. You think, well, this person is mad, but just you know, let's just let them keep going. Perhaps you'll be talking to a racist at a bus stop. You just think, well, I'll carry on letting them talk, Absolutely. just because it's interesting. Just because it's interesting. Are these really your views? What's it like being you? Then maybe jab them with a pen lid or something. <laughs> see how they react to that. Little national front. I listen to the national. You know, what about our culture? You, you fetishize English culture, particularly. Fetishize it. You know what? For one thing, for just a few years, my mother was a. a as a citizen of the British Commonwealth, as was I. Really? Just a few years. Tell us about it. Well, she moved to New Zealand to a commune, and because I was still, I was not emancipated and I was still a minor, I also became a British citizen for a very few years. Emancipated. Emancipated means you're legally an adult. Oh, right. And also 15. free as well. So I lost the right to do that, mm. but we were members, that we were, I had a passport. Yeah. A New Zealand passport. So, you know, we paid taxes to Don't the Queen. Don't try and weave okay, your way into English <laughs> culture. <laughs> you're most American person I've ever met. You've come in. Oh my God! There's a guy oh giving me amethyst. Oh, I better have a cigarette every 25 seconds. Oh, that is an un-English attitude. For heaven's so sake, darling. Really, I don't know what you're talking about. You do have a, an affinity with English culture. Now, look, you bought, you bought something really exclusive. Uh, like you've got oh, one of your you, tracks. Oh, of course. Why don't I we have, have a little listen to this? Darling, about man. It before we listen to it. What should we do? What? Why don't you tell us about this track that you brought in before we have a listen? Okay, so I just I kind of just can't wait because I it's, it should be sounding fresh and, and it's not coming out until February or March. If you listen to Women's Hour, <laughs> which, yes, which I'm sure we which all do. The Matthew, people listening to this, I'm sure you all listen to Women's Hour, which I, I I did not enjoy myself on, by the way. If you listen to Women's Hour um, the other day, they played about 38 seconds of this song, mm -hmm. and this is sort of the other half. Okay. But this is the chorus now, and this is a rough, rough mix of a song called Pacific Coast Highway. Well, it sounds like, very exciting, but the only people who will have heard the whole song are people, an, a, a tiny demographic that listen to Woman's Hour and our show. Now, what kind of mixed up, befuddled schizophrenic would That'd listen to Woman's Hour? Probably you're the only yeah. person who's yeah. had this experience, yeah. Courtney, my darling. All right, so uh, what's it called? Par it's called Pacific Coast Highway. Pacific Coast Highway. Oh, should we have a listen to it, Matt Morgan? Yep. It's, about, it's about the Pacific Coast Highway, I, it's which is not in England. No, no, I'm well aware of our coastline, thanks, madam. We spend most of our time <laughs> defending it from the bleeding yanks. <laughs> Let's have a little listen. That was 1979, Smashing Pumpkins. This is the Russell Brand Show. We're with Courtney Love. She's popped out for a fag, but there's no reason for us to feel bereft, because who's that on the phone? Why, it's Noel Gallagher, of course. You're right, Noel. Yes. How are you? So, yeah, I'm in a very good mood today. I'm very upbeat. Uh, enjoyed my appearance this morning on Soccer AM. Did you see it? I, I, I did. 
Yeah. I did. And you you were having a little pop, weren't you? <laughs> you still thought I was in bed, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I thought you won't be up. Yeah, you were I having a little pop. You and you and you and your bleak stared, mate. <laughs> Me and Tim Lovejoy, yes, because uh, he was saying doesn't old Kaney for the clothes you wear and all that malarkey. Yeah. And I was sat shouting at the telly. No point in Kane and Russell. Seems like he doesn't dress himself and he's got a stylist. Because <laughs> Kane is stylist instead. Blame the fashion industry. You might as well. Whatever, whatever his name is. <laughs> That's Sharon Smith. Dear old Sharon Smith. She does a wonderful job. Yeah. yeah but did it? Let's tell me this. Did it hurt oh. when he toppled over? Yeah, there was a bit where I did a handstand, as I mentioned earlier in the show. Toppled no, over. Doing, did land no, on my phone. Yeah, no, you build it as yoga. You didn't build it as a handstand. <laughs> I said, I'm gonna. No, I just took yoga. <laughs> Witness all ye this wonderful yoga. Performance, and I did, yeah, just got onto my head for a moment and fell flat on my spine. Uh, did you and Sarah enjoy that moment? Uh, Sarah, Sarah was like, look, he's winded himself, and he didn't really <laughs> say much for 30 seconds after. <laughs> it was disorientating being on my head for a little while, then sort of falling over onto my back. What like you, that. What you, I, can't, I can't understand why. How did that come about? Well, you know, I sort of, I suppose it's because I'm in that environment where it's football, right? And I sort of, I'm always aware that I'm rubbish at football. And I think when the opportunity came for me to do something physical in that situation, no, do you know, I thought, seize the day, carpe diem, get into the spirit of things, do an handstand. <laughs> Did any, I've not seen it back yet. Did any of my bum get exposed or anything like that as uh, I was falling? No, it didn't actually. Did my face no. didn't go all red and my hair get ruined? No, then? as ridiculous as this sounds and as ridiculous as it looked. <laughs> Yeah. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't see the, the crack of your, uh... Thank heavens. Yeah. No, you didn't see the crack of your heavens, and, uh, <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't see your, um, your, uh, your beer belly either, which you haven't got, actually, but... No, I haven't. I'm actually a very Because spent. you don't drink beer. No, 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 I don't. been well ascertained on six, on six music, you're lightweight. <laughs> <laughs> I know, in our former incarnation, it was well established that I can't, can't, and all those kind of things. <laughs> so, how did it got your screening doing, right? Uh, really well, yeah, really well. Uh, Matt and David were fantastic guests. It was a brilliant, brilliant show. And uh, and our next show, Courtney Love's going to be on it. Courtney Love will be rejoining us in the studio here after she's had our uh, her cigarette. I don't mean you don't mean your TV show. Oh, we're not interested yeah, in that, the TV that show. That you had for your DVD the other night. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so we had a party for the DVD for people on MySpace. It went very well, actually. No, it was a a lovely, lovely night. How was the screening of your documentary? Bit of a waste. Of, was, I mean, was got, the party was great. The screening was a waste. Of Why weren't people listening? Not very um, captivating. No, on Liam was just Liam was heckling himself all the way through it. Heckling himself. <laughs> Well, you know, like, well, like, every time I'd come on the screen, he'd heckle, and every time he'd come on the screen, he'd say words to the effect of, go on, you geezer. But when and, you um, went on, go on, what, who does he say, go on, you geezer, to, 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 to himself. himself? Go on, like, shouting support to a pre-recorded version of himself. To himself, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, the, part, the party <laughs> afterwards was, was, was colossal. Really? Mm. Well, we had planned to come, but like after after our uh, our own party, we all felt rather weary, and we trundled off home to Bedfordshire. Yeah, you know. well, well, we had a we had a you you were sorely missed, Russell. Were course, there any events a, or anything? Adam, was there any events? Did anything unusual happen? Anything unusual happen? Yeah, anything peculiar. No, unusual. We all got we all got drunk, and we were, there was some there was some very questionable dancing going on on the dance floor. Oh, really? And, uh, you know, you know, you were hoping to win Kane of the Year, the Sun's rather insalubrious 
Award. I'll get that, don't you worry about that. Well, they, I was offered Shagger of the Year, a similar <laughs> award from the same title. I'm not sure if I'm willing to accept that accolade. I, I think you were the Shagger of last year, Oi. without a doubt. <laughs> yes, and, and for the preceding decade I was making some wonderful progress, but it's not sure I want it to, yeah, well, to be commemorated. Me. Well, they come up to you and offer you that. They, yeah, well, a journalist from the Sun came up to me and goes, yeah, uh, we're thinking about giving you uh, Shagger of the Year, how do you feel about that? Whilst I'm flat you know, I, I don't know if it's the kind of thing that I need at this moment as I'm forging ahead on radio. No, because then, then you've got to do that weird handshake with one of those journalists of the sun, haven't you? Oh yeah, handshake yeah. photo. I bet you've done a lot of those, haven't you? Um, not with anybody from any tabloids, no. Oh I, really? I, you've I never done that? You've never accepted well, yeah, the I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like having me photograph taken with people, if I can help it. I know, yeah, when fans come and do it, you always make a little scene, didn't you? Going to a little sulk, say you're not having it done. No, I'm not just, I just say, can I get a quick picture? No. Whereas I, a generous man. Yes, of yeah. course, sir, or yes, madam. Of course, kind of. Thanks for asking. Thanks for asking. <laughs> Project. No, I'm all for What do you, what do you want a picture for? I never asked Neil Young for a picture when I met him. Didn't you? No. Fair enough. I, I just nodded in a manly kind of way. I went, right, Neil. Him like that. All right, Neil. I'm sure he appreciated okay. that manly nod. Now, no, I'm going to use this tele this uh, radio show once more to try and browbeat you into coming on our television program. Please come on our television program. Are you going to Australia? I am going, yeah. Oh, God. Oh, do you know what I, you know what I, you know what I found out yesterday? What? <clears throat> I got a phone call off Weller yesterday. Oh, yeah, because Paul Weller's coming on to the programme. Ah, yeah, but he's coming, coming on because you've told him that I'm coming on. I didn't tell him that, but yes, people... because he said to me, he said, uh, um, I won't do the accent. What? He said, uh, yeah. you know what, you know when we do this Russell Brand show, and I was going, right, go on, and he said, because you're on it, and he was going, and he said to me, he wants us to do a tune, and I was going, does he now? Yeah. Wouldn't it be brilliant television? I'm sure everyone would enjoy that. Come on, Noel. Going to Australia. I would, if I, Russell, if I'm around, you know, I would gladly, gladly prop up your television career, <laughs> as, well as, as well as cementing your radio <laughs> career. Just say, it's kind of what I do. <laughs> you know, ask Ricky Gervais. You're a wonderful media godfather. Why you know, have you done but, um, if I'm not, if I'm not around, Russell, it can't be done, mate. There's very little that could be done. Now, um, so, uh, how's things going with Stop the Clocks album? Is everything going alright? No, I don't know those, those, uh, Westlife boys have... The Irish lads England are gonna pit you to number one. Mm. I, I don't think it's gonna be, not unless, I don't know, unless, unless, uh, unless somebody's gone on, gone on out and bought a truckload of it today, I don't think so. Unless there's a last minute surge, oh, I hope yeah. to God there is. I don't know, it wasn't really designed to go on number one anyway. If it, if it was a new album, we'd be a bit, uh... Mm. But, you know... Okay, well... We're obviously no match for the mighty Westlife. No, no, there's a battle you were never going to win, Noel, you know, in all honesty. As long as we beat the Beatles, that's all we were bothered about. That's the main thing. Noel, we have to leave now. Thank you very much for joining us on our radio show. I'm going to come to your gig tomorrow, is that all right? You did ask me. Yeah, come down, it'd be good. Matt's going to come down, all the Soccer AM people said they're going to be Why, it sounds like a gala, and that's a, a Yeah, well, who else is on? Kasabian is on. At the Union Chapel tomorrow, this I, isn't a at ticket At the Union event, Chapel, and, um... Is it sold out, I'm presuming? It's <laughs> Out. <laughs> <laughs> old out. You arrogant pig of a man! I know what's this you saying, Matt? My, 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 uh, my hairdo is rocketing skywards, pumped up by my massive, well, pumped up only by my massive ego. Good, isn't it? That's a, that's a funny thing to say, eh? Well, hang out. on a minute, hang on a minute. Yeah. You're a stand-up comedian. Yeah. So? Well, how egotistical is that? <laughs> Getting on stage and going, listen to this, this is really funny. Oh, shut up, it's not funny at all. <laughs> how dare you? It's very I nearly always I am part of a funny. rock and roll ensemble that just, <laughs> just makes music, whereas you think you're funny. <laughs> <laughs> it is an arrogant assumption now that it you is. put it like that, yeah. Swaggering oh, through life. Have I ever told funny? you a funny story? No, not once, as a matter of fact. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Don't let it end like that, Noel. <laughs> Noel, we're gonna go now because Courtney Love will have finished her fag and I'm sure you'd like to offer some message of love to Courtney Love. She's a lovely person, I'll have you know, isn't she? Yeah, well, by, by all accounts, never met the woman. Never met her, but she is absolutely fantastic. We're gonna go back to her now. Noel, Noel thank you very much. I shall see you tomorrow. tomorrow. See you tomorrow. Take care. Love to Nine your girlfriend bye. Sarah. See you then. Bye, bye, bye Noel Gallagher. Bye, bye, bye. Okay, what should we listen to now, Matt Morgan? I think we should listen to the Black Keys. Why don't we listen to the Black Keys? You like them very much. When them Black Keys are finished, guess who will be here? Why? It'll be Courtney Love back from her fags. Black Keys. <laughs> BBC Radio 2, that was the Black Keys, listen to Russell Brand. What Black Keys track was that then, Matt? Keep me. You like them Black Keys, don't you? I love them, actually. Why did you just go, keep me, don't in know. that voice? Did you ask me in a robotic voice, so, so I replied. In a robotic voice? Yes. The dialect of robots. Courtney Love is back here, you're right, my dear. Black Keys are American. Yep. Why would we- Okay, I'm gonna read this aloud. Can She's I? reading from the Times again, my article in the- Earthy, name-dropping, self-obsessed, Bright, articulate, uh, candid, oh. almost compulsively so, confessional, oh. anecdotal. Yes. For an interviewer, viewer, Courtney Love is the mother load. No, Russell Brand is Russell the mother load. But wait, this is this is what I like. Um, it goes. Yes. He's gone from minor cult to candidate national treasure in less than 12 months. Well, what did I know we've already brought that up, but I just thought that was Thank you, great. thank you for articulating that for our listeners, and of course my huge ego enjoyed it as well. <laughs> but it has been a journey shared by many great men, men like Matt Morgan there, without whom That's his cute. whole operation couldn't run. He is cute, look at him sat know, over there, dirty little such devil. Such a man. Oh, he's brutal. Yeah. Oh yes, he's ever so masculine. I look like Eddie Vedder, but too much. Yeah, I know, you look kind of sexy in there. I don't think he looks like, don't tell him he's sexy than Eddie teeth. Vedder. English too. English. <laughs> you're English Nashers. Then of course there's the glorious Trevor Locke. Now, you'll never meet a more English person than Trevor Locke. He's almost like the essence of Englishness. Quaint, bashful, daft, and just a little bit racist. <laughs> no! He's not racist and nor are English people. We're in lovely, integrated society. We work very hard for it. Trevor Locke, is there anything you'd like to say to Courtney while she's here, while yes. you have the opportunity? Well, I've, I've never heard a uh, guest be more sycophantic to Russell before. It's a well, oh, thank I mean, you so much, darling. Extraordinary. It's yeah. quite a compliment. Charming yes. is what Courtney has been. Oh, yeah, sorry, Delightful. charming. Absolutely. I yes. just think we get along well. We do. Well, I'll tell you why you get along I well. Quite. <laughs> well, do you really think it's sycophantic? No, it's not Trevor. Trevor, no, retract that. No, absolutely honest. I mean, how else, how else could you describe the man exactly? You're behaving the, the right way. How I was, in fact, reading really, the really fascinated by Russell. You are. And, and I like him. Ah, oh, nice. What is it that old Russell? I genuinely like fascinating. him. What is it? What is the um, essence of this fascination? Uh, he's one of the most. Uh, he's not cruel. He's, I'm not, he's not cruel. cruel. He's not cruel. He's no. not cruel. But, you know. He puts out. Uh, when he was out there being, you know, a sex addict, which apparently he's not anymore. Mm -hmm. um, i apparently. Apparently. <laughs> uh, apparently he's not Disappointment anymore. in your he voice. He put there. parameters upon that and didn't hurt people. Mm -hmm. Which I liked. Mm -hmm. I liked that about the, about him. He's insanely charismatic. He is. Wow. He's very, very articulate. Oh. And I just don't think he has a bad b bone in his body. Yep, yeah, and there's old Matt with his English teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Russ. There's a big so storm of charisma. Know. 
<laughs> that's lovely, thank you, Courtney. That's the yes. nicest thing anyone's yes. ever said about me, and I appreciate it enormously. Can I cough now? <coughs> oh, Christ. Yeah. That makes you sound like those compliments have come from a wheezing hag. <laughs> Palmals, baby, oh, since no. I was 12. You must stop smoking. Stop smoking. Give all it right, up. All right, all right. I'm thinking about it. I know it's, it's time to grow up. Yeah, knock it on the head. Now, Mr. G is our resident poet. He is the poet laureate of our show. Mr. G, have you written a poem about today's proceedings? Yeah, I've got a poem ready. He's got a poem here. Let's welcome Mr. G with that. Uh, I was sure to announce to our Radio 2 listeners, Mr. G used to summarise every six music show. We've brought it with us to Radio 2 just to show that we're not right gits. <laughs> and he's bloody good. He's really good at poem. Well, listen to the poem. Judge him for yourselves, Mr. G. Okay. This poem is about conspiracy. Oh, God. Hear ye, hear ye, from the land of conspiracy, where a thousand theories reside with resounding delivery. Russell believes his phone Cooper shows him which way to go, but Matt had to advise him to stuff his pants because his credit was low. <laughs> then he spat at a cat that attacked him in his flat. Next time, the feline will be back with a baseball bat. Maybe that's the conspiracy, where government bees are fearing we might get West Ham fans to take to the stands and follow Russell's one-man band. Soon we'll all be talking like the man, in only a language that he understands. Wouldn't I chai? Didn't I chai? That's the end of my poetry chai. Even quoting our mangled grammar. What a fantastic show it's been today. We've had some wonderful people on. John Ronson, he was wonderful. Noel Gallagher, wonderful and articulate as always. Trevor Lock, your contributions have been brilliant. Particularly, <laughs> particularly <laughs> bit, oh, you were very cheeky to Courtney Love. <laughs> Matt Morgan, you slap you on the bottom. Well, don't do that to him, Courtney. <laughs> that would be seen as an invitation to him. You'd probably just make him gape. Okay. <laughs> Courtney Love, you have been perhaps the best guest we've ever had. Really? Here. I can't yeah. remember a moment. All the girls. We don't, we don't, we don't really have that many guests in here because we can't be bothered talking to most people. Okay. I'm very vain and egotistical and both of these two are a right pair of clever clogs. He's a poet. There's never normally room for anyone else I to speak. I see. Well, kudos to you. Madam, you are a duchess, you are a princess, you are a queen, you are a glorious thing to have here. So, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to dedicate the show to Courtney Love. Let's have a round of applause for Courtney Love. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank, thank you so much, Thank you very much for listening to us on the BBC. Bye bye. The Russell Brand Show, 88 to 91 FM Radio 2 from the BBC. Boy, Oh boy!